The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Kicking Out at Two is back in the saddle again here on this episode as we present to you a little break from the nostalgic trip down pro wrestling memory lane when we bring to you our Labor Day weekend scrum. That's right. There will there, there might be some chairs thrown. There might be some ears being bit. There might be some F-bombs dropped. But we are going to cover all things wrestling that took place this past Labor Day weekend between WWE and AEW. And, of course, the, the, the hot-button topics that have been discussed these last couple of days. Um, joining me this week, this episode here, um, that you know, he's he's uh, you know he's been quite the busy man himself, but he's back in the back in the co-host chair with me on kicking out at two, uh, the architect of Retromania himself, Kobe Knighter. What's going on, bud? Hey, hey, what's going on, Dave? Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here to talk wrestling because I did watch all this wrestling over weekend before the shit hit the fan in real life for me, um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah. Why don't, was, you, why, why don't we break the fourth wall a little bit and talk? You know, just basement break, just flooded. Break down exactly what ba- basement yeah. flooded got some issues. It, it, it's it's a reoccurring uh, theme on this show. Actually, uh, if you go it back is. in the archive, uh, you and I have both had uh, basement flooding issues. So um, yes, and god damn the flooding, man! It's all this rain that we're getting on this uh, northeastern Final. side that that we that we live on. You know? Yes. Uh, wow. It's wild. It's, it's ironic because last year around this time, I experienced some flooding yep. um, of my own in my own basement, uh, which you know resulted in the 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 hiatus of kicking out at two, as I was dealing with some basement issues. Um, but also, I, I would like to pre, you know let our audience know that that you're not the only one joining us. It's it's our good friend um, Christopher the Cricket. In the background with you. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, he'll be here yeah. most of the show. Um, I'm hoping, <laughs> uh, hopefully that the uh, noise canceling when I do the editing on my end, um, it'll get rid of him. So we're hoping that he just won't be uh, cricketing the whole show. But otherwise, I'll have to do some heavy editing. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's why you're taking the lead on this one. This one's your show. Um, I'm excited uh, because this weekend was fun for just being a wrestling fan in general. Yes. Yes. Overall, um, I mean, we're going to go, you know, chronologically from Saturday to Clash at the Castle, Sunday Worlds Collide, AEW All Out, and then, of course, the uh, the, 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 the All Out Media Scrum and the controversy surrounding that uh, as we record this on Tuesday, September the 6th. Hoping to drop this, uh, you know, some point this week as we, um, we, we, we get into the swing of things. Why don't we, why don't we talk first? About uh, let's just get right into it. No, no cheap plugs. You should all know where to find us by now. Um, if not, the links are up there on the social media page. But nonetheless, um, let, let's get right into it. We're, basically, this is just going to be a free-forming discussion, talking about you know 
our takeaways from each event and the weekend itself and um, what we'd like to see moving forward based on everything that has transpired. So um, first, Clash at the Castle. Let, let's get right into it. Um, the match that everyone been talking about from that event, Sheamus, Gunther, Intercontinental title match, a an all-out war. Um, give me your thoughts on that match and uh, yeah, just, sh- just share with us. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, um, I texted you right after I saw it, uh, just making sure if you had seen it or not, and I, I told you to check it out, definitely. Um, and, yeah, uh, oh, and I did. It, it was it was a hard hitting match right from the beginning. I like how the um, the the other guys Kaiser Roll and uh, Buck Buchanan or whatever the hell the names that they got going on for the other guys now. Giovanni uh, Vinci. Yeah, they brought him back too. Uh, Imperium, the old Imperium, yep. which was cool. Yes. to see them come back like that, and the fans reacted because they knew who they were because these guys are over. In NXT UK and NXT, um, it just shows that those brands were really strong, um, and this was a WWE show, so um, it was cool seeing a lot of the guys uh, come out and clear everything out. But then Sheamus and and Gunther uh, just just had a hell of a brawl, and they were they were chopping hard, they were hitting hard uh, to to really. Landed in at first. Gunther wasn't really doing it at first. You know, he wasn't like uh, laying him in. If you noticed, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, I think Sheamus had to kind of hype him up a bit. But uh, overall, a, a great a great match, and uh, Gunther came away with the victory. Um, man, I, I loved it. What'd you think? The physicality was 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 awesome. Everything I expected from these two. Um, Low key, Sheamus has been an underrated favorite of mine for for quite some time. Um, he uh, he doesn't get enough love, I think, from the audience, um, mainly because they've been putting him in creative situations where you haven't seen his strong suit. He's been hokey at times, but when you just let him be him and go out there and smash guys, that's when people enjoy him the most. Uh, you know, case in point, his time with Cesaro in, in the tag team known as the Bar. Now. The, the, you know, this match with Gunther, um, Walter, whatever you want to refer to him as. I could care less for the little group he's in with, with, with Ho- Rich Holland and Butch, Pete Dunn, whatever you want to call him as well. The yeah. Brawling Brutes, I think that's a, 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 I don't know, I just don't like the name. but Yeah, it's, um, it's very when, hokey. Yes, hokey. But when, when you go out there and you let him smash guys, he, people really, you know, people really take to him. Case in point, last year... During the pand, well, when, you know, when when the pandemic was 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 you know up and running, so to speak, and there was no audiences, um, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre had some some banger, some bangers of matches. Yeah, um, you know, in front of nobody, and then they have these matches in front of people these last couple of months that that would get Drew his title shot at Roman, which we'll talk about later, and they're killing it, and. I, I was kind of disappointed that Sheamus and Drew last year didn't have a match on WrestleMania. I thought Sheamus and Drew for the, should have been for the title at WrestleMania instead of Drew and Bobby. And then at SummerSlam this year, I thought we should have saw Sheamus and Drew to determine who would face the winner of the championship match at Clash at the Castle. But they gave it to us on Friday Night SmackDown. But nonetheless, they've been killing it. And Sheamus, is, when he works with guys that have similar styles to him, that you know just are that matches physicality, the, they create magic, and the, I was just—I I was glad that Sheamus got his moment, 
with 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 Gunther, even though he didn't win the title. Um, it was basic storytelling. It, it, it very physical. The crowd, of course, was into it, being from that area in Cardiff, Wales. I, I, I the whole presentation with Imperium and everything. It was great. Match of the night, match of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, uh, I yeah. was glad to see. Um, you know, I was glad that this was on the card, and I unfortunately I didn't watch Clash at the Castle live. I started it from the Judgment Day tag match, so I got to watch Sheamus and Gunther the next day, and I I, w- I was impressed. I mean, it lived up to the expectations and the hype from everybody on the internet, and then some. So, um, really, really enjoyed that match, and I'm hoping they run it back. I'm hoping we see another match between these two, maybe at the next uh, premium live event. Maybe we'll see a six-man with the two groups and it's some sort of gimmick brawl type of a match or a tornado tag, if you I can you see will. that. But I, I, really, I, I would like to see this continue. Survivor, series, physical- is, Survivor series is around the corner. Yes, Survivor Series, not too far off, you know. So maybe we'll see something like that with those teams involved. Uh, hopefully with Triple H now in charge, we may see the original Survivor Series format. Um highlighted uh, on the Survivor Series show and teams like this being involved. So we'll and, see. But and, nonetheless, great, and not, and great not for nothing. Yeah, not for nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, Sheamus did pull off a great match with Matt Riddle at WrestleMania. So, I mean, that... that oh, yes. That, 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 was a, that was a hard-hitting match, too. Those guys yes. those guys were on the same level. And I really I really think uh, the fan was... The fans were more with uh, Sheamus on this in Cardiff because, uh, you know, I don't think they have good, uh, memories of Germans, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, well, the, the Gunther Walter character, I was, I was anticipating a lot of Walter chants and we didn't get that many, if any at all. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really hear any of that. Um, they were just into the action. They wanted to see these two fight. And like I said, basic storytelling. This match came about because Sheamus won a number one contenders match to earn the title. And his purpose was because that title had eluded him. And he wanted to be the Intercontinental Champion. He had done it all in WWE. And now he wants to be the Intercontinental Champion. And to me, basic storytelling like that works. You don't have to have stupid, you know... Gimmicks behind the story where someone got upset because they got a shampoo endorsement in China, or they stole the other person's you know money out of their wallet, or they 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 shacked up with their girlfriend. No, no bullshit like that. <laughs> it was just basic. It was like I want your title, and I'm gonna beat the hell out of you to get it. And it was as simple as that, and it worked. True, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. It was it was pretty much match of the weekend for me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 everybody, everyone, I think, enjoyed that match. Um, I don't think I heard a bad thing about that match. Um, and most people had said it was the highlight of the weekend. Um, t- talk to me about anything else that you took away from, from Clash at the Castle, other stuff, you know, that, that you liked, maybe you disliked, and we'll just kind of move forward. Um, the, the Dominic turn, I, I kind of saw coming. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess it, it was. It was pulled off with success, and the match was uh, the match was nice. Um, you know, having that nostalgia feel with Edge and Rey Mysterio involved. Um, yeah, the, the fans were really going crazy this whole time. This was awesome. Um, they sang Edge's theme song. I know when he came out, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Like you know, and not not to cut you off here, but. If you think about it, you 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 really 
you really examine the totality of the entire situation. You know, Edge shouldn't be back right now because of the career-ending neck injury he had suffered 10 years ago. Now he's back. He's getting to experience this, getting to work with guys that he had wanted to work with. And this quite possibly could be the last time he performs in front of that audience in Cardiff. And they're out there singing his theme song. 62,000 people. I mean, that's pretty freaking cool. Like, yeah. there's no other way to slice it. That's pretty damn cool. And I I, I was, when I watched it, because that was the first match I watched from the show. Because Peacock is still a shitty app, and they can't um, they, they they can't let you rewind live recordings. You got to watch it as it is, like like old school TV. I was waiting for Peacock to send me um, some antennas, some some bunny ear antennas to put on top of my TV because it's so fucking dated. Um, <laughs> anyhow, um, yeah. When when I turned when I turned it on, I was like, oh, this match is going to be on. This should be good, and. You know, when he, when Edge came out with the lucha mask, I was like, "All right, nice touch." You know, he's you know honoring the the lucha libre aspect of his tag team partner Rey Mysterio. But when you heard that audience, man, I don't get goosebumps or chills a whole lot when I watch some of this stuff. But that was where I was like, "Oh man, this is so cool!" Like that that was where I was. I just got lost in it for a moment, and yeah. I think sometimes fans need to get lost in it instead of worrying about what. The Dave Meltzer's and the the other dirt sheet writers of the wrestling world's opinions are on what they think the story should go. Just get lost in it, man, because that that to me was one of the highlights of the weekend for me. Seeing that crowd react that way, oh man, it it was wild. But yeah. go on, continue, continue um, about the I mean, Dominic turn. I mean, I guess I guess they followed up since then on Monday Night Raw. Have you watched Raw as we record this? On I've a seen Tuesday? some highlights. Yeah, I've seen so, some highlights. I guess. Dominic is with Judgment Day. Yes, I I, I did see that. Um, I I was I kind of had a feeling that was the direction they were going to go in. A lot of people felt that way as well. Um, I, I like you, even though the turn was predictable, and I'm not the biggest fan of you know siblings turning on their siblings in wrestling or their parents or whatever. I think it's dated. Okay, uh, I I don't think it works all the time. I do think, though, even though this was predictable and I didn't like it, it was executed very well on two for two reasons. One, if you go back and you watch, Dominic was the was the one that helped Edge and Ray win the tag match. Okay, and they get the pin, the crowd pops, Edge and Ray are celebrating, the referees raising both their hands, and Dominic's just kind of off to the side with this look on his face, like he wants to be included in right. this celebration. Because he's the reason why they won. And you don't see Ray or Edge kind of go over and say, come here, come here, bud, come here. And they don't like embrace together. Not until the very end mm. when Ray kind of walks over to Dominic and it's like, and kind of, you know, implies, all right, let's, let's patch things up with Edge. We got the win. You were crucial in this, in this victory. And you could see, like I said, Ray and Edge, they get their hands raised and Dominic's over off to the side wanting to be a part of it, but Ray nor Edge include him in it. And I think that was a very important moment in the turn itself because if they had just hugged it out and raised hands or whatever, and then Dominic nut shots them both or in clotheslines his father, then I think it wouldn't have made as much sense. But because he helped him get the victory and they didn't include him in the post match celebration, 
I think that was the tip of the iceberg for Dominic right there. Mm. And and I thought that that helped the turn, as well as the crowd's reaction. You know, the kid pulled off a pretty good nut shot with it, with it, with it, you know, with the kick to to Edge, and then the clothesline to Ray. I mean, Ray sold like like crazy for his kid, but and I can now kind like, of get up. He looks like a little arrogant bastard too. Yes, he does, and I can now kind of get behind the the. The, the idea that he is with the Judgment Day and they have kind of, you know, poisoned his mind into thinking that, you know, he wasn't good enough for his father and he was, you know, left in the background, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think, I, I think overall it was, it was well done. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Where do you think it goes from here? I think they will... Survivor Series? Um, I mean, I keep uh, thinking of Survivor Series because it seems like a lot of teams are building up. Yeah, I could see something like that. Um, I don't know how much longer they're going to drag Ray and Edge with Judgment Day. Maybe we'll see it end at Extreme Rules. Maybe we'll see they have a Saudi Arabia show um, in, in early November as well. We might see something like that. Maybe they'll drag it out to Survivor Series. I don't know, but... Um, I'm kind of digging the idea that like he's being controlled by Rhea Ripley, and in, instead of like Finn or Damian Priest, it's Rhea that's the really like the mouthpiece and the the one like leading the charge of this group, yeah, which is the great mouthpiece, pal. <laughs> uh. I, I walked into that one. Yeah, Sorry. I should I should have known. I should have known. Yeah, um, I, I like that. I like that a lot, though. Yeah, her, I think her it, taking I think it, control. Yeah, it works, and you know, we'll, we'll see how far it goes. But I'm, I'm, I'm more accepting of it than I was before the before the match going into it. Yeah. Um. Uh. The Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle match was a banger too. I mean, yep. I like the finish with Seth Rollins kind of just getting that that quick. You know. Uh, uh, you know, just one step off type of maneuver. They're gonna they're gonna have to go back again because uh this is a great little feud here. And it's getting personal some levels. Um I Yeah, they're 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 kinda dipping into the, the, the real life issues that the two of them have had based on the things that Matt Riddle's ex-wife had once said about Becky Lynch and the other female talents in the locker room and, and the way Riddle has conducted himself. Um, I mean, I not to cut you off, but I wouldn't be surprised if this, you know, maybe this, maybe that is the as end. real as this gets, that maybe, that maybe Riddle, maybe, maybe they turn Riddle over this, you know, mm. at some point, you know, and Rollins becomes a baby face. Um, the crowd's kind of going along with his, you know, his, his theme song. They're chanting a little bit. Not saying that mo- that Riddle's losing any momentum as a babyface because he's not, but um, they're really kind of bringing up Matt Riddle's personal life into the into the forefront of the storyline. And it wouldn't surprise me if that eventually becomes a breaking point to turn him. Yeah. However, at the same time, you know, they still got some unfinished business between Riddle and Randy Orton as a team, and there had been talks of splitting them up at some point. So maybe they maybe they hold out until Riddle, you know, and Orton get back together, and then they turn. 
You know, they, they, they turn one of them against... Everyone's assuming it's going to be Randy turning on Riddle. I think Riddle's going to turn on Randy. I, that, that's, just my, that's just my take. But I agree with you. The match with Seth and, and Riddle... Matt Riddle, I should say. Because he got his first name back. Guys oh, are getting yeah. their names back now. Oh, yeah. You know this, that? Yeah, we, we talked about that. We Matt talked Riddle. about that with the Vintisms and everything. And, uh, the, and, and even the referees are getting names. Yep. They're not just the referees anymore. They are they, they are their names. Charles Robinson, he's been referred to. Yep. There was even some referee the other night that they referred to a couple of times in the match. And I was like, holy cow, the referee's got a name. Jesus. Yep. So, thank you, Triple H. <laughs> But yeah, banger of a match. Let's see it run back. I'm 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 definitely down for it. There's a lot of there's a lot of open um, scenarios that they different routes that they can go because Rollins is kind of referenced. Still want to crack at Reigns in the title because they got unfinished business there. Riddle and Orton still have some kind of unfinished business in terms of um, you know their, their their partnership. Hell, even Riddle's got some unfinished business with the Bloodline because of the way that they took Randy Orton out. So. Yeah. There's 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 a there's a few different avenues. I I could see Survivor Series looking like the Bloodline versus like, you know, um, like Orton, Riddle, Rollins, maybe Drew, um, you know, Kevin Owens, something like that. I could see a Survivor Series match, you know, kind of like that. Um, Absolutely, with, with involving the Bloodline, all the enemies of the Bloodline teaming up to take them on a Survivor Series. That could be interesting. It's it's been a long going thing. Um, yeah yeah yeah. I I like that. But uh, the the one thing I do like the most about the bloodline right now is the involvement with Sami Zayn. I know it's so I, funny. Like, how are they not cracking up while they're doing this live? Like, yeah, I mean he's been he's been great. <laughs> and at first I didn't really care for it, and I was like, this is a short term thing. But Sami's been killing it since WrestleMania. I really feel like since the Johnny Knoxville stuff, he's really upped his game. And is it building um, to, to him and Kevin Owens eventually teaming up? Right, you know. I think it could. I think it could lead to that. I also think it could lead to Kevin or uh, Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns in a title match, like very like like Sami Zayn, kind of retreating back to his underdog persona, and we kind of see like a, a another version of like a Daniel Bryan underdog type of story. Like he'd been shunned and kicked out of this group that he thought he was a part of, but they were just using him. And his best friend Kevin Owens is the one to make him realize it. And Owens is the one that's kind of cheering him on and marching him towards the title match with with Roman Reigns down the line. Um, and then does Owens even... eventually turn on Zayn again? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Well, there that's the, that's the age old question: Does Owens turn on him, or does Sammy realize that Owens could turn on him, and he turns on him first? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the two of them are the title match at WrestleMania. In a few months, um, or next year, I should say. Yeah, because it's not a few months. Few months, please, God, don't let <laughs> yeah. it go that fast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But Dave. but yeah, I mean, it's I know, right? I'm just I'm just really putting the cart before the horse. Um, but let's talk about the let's talk about the Roman Reigns situation, the title match, Drew McIntyre, Clash at the Castle. Me, I thought it was an excellent match, main event um, match. Awesome. Yes, they, awesome. They tore it up. And I've not been the biggest Drew McIntyre guy only because I think sometimes he's very cringy on the mic with the, with the, um, with the, if you want me to kick Roman Reigns' ass, let me hear you scream. Did you and see then, the like, end of this show? 
Yes, that was very cringy too. Like, here's what they did. That here's it was like it was like they brought Vincent just for this one moment. They're like, all right, all right, let's bring the old man back for you know. Hey, you get uh, to book one part sing, of the show. Sing, what uh, would you, sing, uh, uh, sing uh, that band that sings Wonderwall. Sing Wonderwall, pal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, pal. Uh, you know, how about we do a uh, UK Idol? You know, <laughs> like, like, give me a fucking break. Um, they made Drew look like a badass. The video with the old theme song, part of his entrance, and he came out, and the place was, oh, Drew McIntyre. Like, they were going crazy for him. And I was like, wow, he's, like, really a badass. And then he loses. Guess and I'm what? thinking, like, okay, this sets up him and Tyson Fury, because Tyson Fury came in, he shook Roman's hand, then he, then he, you know, him and Drew had something. I was waiting for Tyson Fury to clothesline Drew. Something. And then they do this fucking sing-along, and I was like... This is... By the way, like Tyson Fury our, looked like shit, too. Um, yeah. Sorry. I mean, Although he, could, he had he, a nice elbow to Austin Theory. Oh, yeah, was, for sure. That was awesome. Uh, I love that. That was a great, like, hard-hitting elbow. I wonder if that was stiff or not, but it, it looked smooth. Um, but, no, he could probably knock me out. But uh, I, I don't well, here's, know. Here, here's, the in, here's the inconsistency about that, okay? Great match, Roman. You know, Drew, they tore it up. They made Drew look like a badass up until the point where he had to sing with Tyson at the end. Okay. But when Austin Theory came down to, 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 to try to cash in his money in the bank, it was the, 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 the strategic planning of where he was going to, you know, announce like the cash in. Like sometimes guys will run in the ring with the ref and they'll hand him the briefcase. Austin Theory made it all the way to the timekeeper's area in the corner where Tyson Fury was sitting. And then once he handed the briefcase over, Tyson Fury nails him, okay? Meanwhile, for weeks on Raw, they've been having Dexter Loomis stalking The Miz, and they've had security and police dragging him out of the arena. But because Tyson Fury's a guest of WWE, he could just jump over the guardrail and attack a wrestler? Like, where's the consistency in that? Again, you got to have stiff rules, but then you got to really follow them, you know, you got to follow through. You got to break the rules to entertain them sometimes. Yeah, and and every time you got to follow through on the other side, on the flip side of the coin. Yep. So you know you got to have that balance yeah. there. But of course they don't do that. But uh, uh, honestly, um, a hard hitting match, and I, I, this feels like reminiscent of Lex Luger and Yokozuna. You know uh, what? I didn't think of that, but that's a good point. Um, like Drew should have. On this match, it feels like, and all of a sudden they add Solo Sequoia, and that has been uh, building the bloodline or the no, yeah the bloodline mm-hmm. right. Um, yep. And I, I don't know, is this wearing thin, or are we just building for like you said, Survivor Series, and hopefully I it'll mean, blow it off or something. I don't know. I there. I'll put it to you this way, okay? I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for a minute or two, so just kind of bear with me. Um, if Drew walked away with the title Saturday and had that big moment in front of his home country, you know, in front of that, you know, the, the, that, that, that Cardiff crowd, it, it would have been reminiscent of, you know, Davey Boy beating Brett in, in, in Wembley Stadium in 30 years, you know, 30 years prior. It would have yeah. been an unbelievable moment. Yeah. And it would have definitely, I think, really cemented Drew as a top guy. And I'm not saying he's not a top guy now, 
but like you gotta admit they were he was well on his way to being the man and then covid came and he was the champion during covid and obviously you can't really gauge interest of the audience based on you know i said that though reactions i said that before because there was yes yes you have we have we've had that discussion before so i feel like if they had that moment and Drew won, I'd have been perfectly fine with it because I think he deserves it because he's out there every night busting his ass, having great matches, okay? Another guy, if you let Drew smash dudes instead of putting them, you know, having them talk for extended period of times on the microphone, then, you know, I think people would accept him more. But, but is he really, really got- that over to, to main event the WrestleMania? Is he that over? Yeah. Um... I think he could, I think if he had beaten Roman he could have gotten that over. And I, it depends on who he works with. But at the same by the same token, okay? I'm perfectly fine with Roman keeping the belt. Now, the 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 rumored main event at WrestleMania is Roman and Rock. Whether it's for the title or not, that's up for debate. I don't think it needs to be for the title, but I personally feel like that Someone needs to dethrone Roman, and that Drew does nothing for the talent if 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 Rock dethrones him, correct? Unless whoever no, dethrones it, well, Rock is better. yeah, but I don't think I don't think that's the thing. Is that like you don't, Rock could dethrone don't Roman for the title at WrestleMania, and then who knows? Like, is he really going to stick around for another match? It's not. You know, well, that's the thing. So that's where I feel like. Because and and here's the other thing too. WrestleMania is two nights, okay? So let's just say, all right, Roman's champ now. He's, he's thick with the bloodline, okay? They're they're running they're they're running crazy. You know he's gonna eventually get it hook it up with Kevin Owens, okay? You you just know that. But you also have to remember Cody Rhodes is waiting, okay? The, Cody's rumored to return at the Rumble, all right? Cody beating Roman at the Rumble. Even though there should be a better build and a longer chase for Cody in the championship, Cody beating Roman helps culminate Cody's story of being the the Rhodes that never won the title. And he's going to do it for his dad. Roman can shift and pivot over to Rock because that story doesn't need the championship. And then you could essentially insert Drew back into the title picture with Cody. You know? Cody kind of coming in off the injured list, swoops in, takes the title that Drew couldn't win. The two of them have it at at WrestleMania, have a banger of a match, and Drew loses, comes up short. Cody's the victor. Post-match, Drew nails Cody with that future shock DDT and a Claymore. Stands over him, holding the belt, drops the belt on his chest. And and, And Drew McIntyre can get a little bit of that edge back. And maybe, just maybe, that could be the thing to help get him more over to be the main event. So so no theory, no cross, no title split at all? Would it, would it... I don't think they should split the titles anymore. I, I honestly don't. I think there should be one champion and, 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 and treat that one champion as like a modern-day version of the traveling NWA champion. Absolutely. Even have the WWE champion defend the title on NXT every once in a while against a top challenger on NXT. Yeah, not a bad you know, idea. I think I think the two champion theory it's it's dated. Of course. One title, 
Travel amongst both shows. Treat that champion as a special attraction while you take your secondary titles like the United States and the Intercontinental Championship, which they've been doing. They've been they've been starting this process and treating them with importance. Raw was headlined last night with a U.S. title steel cage match with Bobby Lashley and The Miz. They've been highlighting the U.S. title better in the last month than they have in the last 15 years. Intercontinental Championship, same thing. Gunther. Went went out publicly and said he wants to be a a you know one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Bring prestige back to the title. He's doing that with the matches that he's having. Shinsuke on SmackDown a few weeks back. Sheamus at at um at, at Clash of the Castle, and I'm sure he'll continue so on and so forth with the with the guys that they could throw down him, throw down at him. Yeah, excuse me. So I I just I I feel like. Drew winning could have helped him get there, but I don't think he would have been all the way there. I think they got to hate. I think like Roman, they got to hate Drew to love him again. Because now they're starting to love Roman a little bit. Okay? You hear them chant when, you know, when when he comes out on TV. You know, when he does the acknowledge me, they pop for it. Yeah, that's kind of been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel, I truly feel like. Drew at some point is going to have to turn in order for him to get that get those people back and become more over. And I think Cody's the guy to dethrone him. I really do. I agree. But by the same by, by the same token, if they if they built this thing with Sami Zayn and eventually he's you know he gets this upset victory over Roman, it does huge things for Sami Zayn. Roman can move on to Rock, and Sami and Kevin can have their fight forever feud over the WWE Championship. I like How about that, that a lot story? More. Two, yeah, two guys who have ne- two guys who were never thought of of being in the WWE Championship picture. Best friends are going to headline a WrestleMania against each other for the title. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, like that. It's um, I, I I could see something like that. It's it's great. Sammy's been killing it. Yeah, it's great. They 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 reverted Kevin right Owens now. back to his. I'm sorry. It's great where he is right now. Uh, both of them. Yeah, they're, they're kind of being slotted back to those positions. Um, and I think it's because Vince's absence as well. Because uh, look yep. at, look at the where they were beforehand. Then right after he yeah. leaves, they start getting pivoting back to these guys getting in the main event scene. And it's been a while. Um, Kevin yep. Owens did have that short, brief stint with Roman Reigns where they they botched that handcuff spot. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right at the Royal Rumble. Yep. Yeah, but uh, yep, I remember that. I, I don't know if they'll run it back, so that's why I think. Um, that's why I think it, it is important to have the title with those guys if they do do it. But if not, it, it'll be a nice grudge match again, following up on another. You know. Uh, another piece of their uh, their history throughout the years. I just think that, that we've seen so much of that that the, between the two of them, as as great a matches as they put out, I think they got to milk that. It can't be something where it's like, all right, well, we could just revert back to this because it works. Like, get, make the people guess. You know, make the people wonder who if if they're really gonna be you know friends or if they're gonna fight each other. You know, milk it, milk yeah. it for a while. You know, don't just assume that like, oh, well, Kevin's, you know, Kevin, Kevin's coming to Sammy's aid, but he'll eventually turn on him or vice versa. Like, I I think they should, they, 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 here's the thing. They've done Kevin as the heel and Sammy as the baby face. Okay. They've done that. All right. They've done Kevin and Sammy as heels as partners 
which was a great pairing between the two of them. I thought that they did excellent together. And I was surprised they didn't last as long as they did. They were only together, I'd say, for probably about six months or so. They half-ass did Sammy as a heel and Kevin as a babyface with Logan Paul at WrestleMania last year. But that was still a COVID WrestleMania because they 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 didn't really put all. I I feel like they didn't put a lot of effort into that storyline. That's just me. Yeah. The, the the Logan Paul thing being involved and the fact that it was the first show back in front of an audience, a limited audience, mind you. Okay, at WrestleMania, people were just happy to see fans there. They they didn't care who was on the card, you know. And it was two nights, so there wasn't a lot of. I mean, fuck. They had New Day wrestle AJ Styles and almost in a, in a match that <laughs> maybe had like a week of hype. Yeah. Okay. Like it that. was it was, yeah. The, the, that WrestleMania was good for the fact that it brought people back to the stadium, but there wasn't like they didn't have the heavy hitters like they do at every WrestleMania. They didn't have a Brock Lesnar. They didn't have a John Cena. You know, they had their current crop of guys, and that was that. But, um. Kind of seeing Sammy and Kevin together as like a as like an alliance as a team, maybe as baby faces. I'd let that I'd let that that simmer for a little bit. Don't just don't be so quick to to have one turn on the other, you know. But at the same time, acknowledge their history, and that could get people wondering, "Ooh, when's Sammy going to turn on Kevin? When's Kevin going to turn on Sammy?" You know. Is Sammy really still not part of the bloodline anymore? Is he? Is he? Is he? Has he really been removed from the group? Is, is he going to turn on Kevin? Is this a setup? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, 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 there's different. I think avenues, different ways they can go about it. Um, but overall, me personally, I thought the show in Cardiff was was great, and I would like to see that be a regular thing every year. It's a fun uh, watch going over to Cardiff. What's that? It was a fun watch. It was. It really was. Um, let's move on to Worlds Collide. I didn't watch all of it. I only watched the matches that I wanted to see. Um, so why don't you give a brief synopsis of what you thought of Worlds Collide, and then I'll, I'll chime in. Ricochet and Carmelo, um, you know, great routines and everything. Uh, High-flying stuff, uh, hard-hitting mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, give it, I give it a B. It, it was nice. Um, yep. That's really it. The tag team, I could care less. All right, let me. All right, hold on. Let me ask you a question about about that match. Not to cut you off again. Sorry, I've been cutting you off. This is the this is the cut off Kobe episode of kicking out of two. Okay, um, there's a cricket constantly cutting me off. <laughs> um, watching Ricochet in that match, great match by the way. I would I would give it a B as well. It's not. It, it wasn't like you know old school NXT, but it was still a very fun match. Um, Watching Ricochet, at least from my perspective in that match, I felt like he was more comfortable in that setting than he is on the main roster. And I don't know if that's because on the main roster they 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 kind of limit him or tone him down, but I feel like he was more in his element in NXT. Do you think maybe moving him back to NXT would be beneficial for his trajectory? Uh, maybe, or is it because what we've seen with him on the main roster is not him settled with like a feud or anything it's just matches mm-hmm. uh so yeah. he, he can't really get invested uh this seemed like a, a nice feud that they built up to 
Um, yep. I, I mean, he did have a nice little little stint there with the Intercontinental Championship, but to me, I don't know. It came and went so so quick. I think this is his element. I don't know if he'll stay there for sure. Mm-hmm. They could possibly use him, but again, if they're if they're combining UK with uh, the regular NXT, it's gonna be a stacked roster. I I think. Based on that, I don't know how much of UK they are combining. I think they're I think they're taking a few. I don't think they're taking them all because I know they let go of a lot of people, and I think they're I, I think they're putting a lot of people on hold. You know that they still want to use the individuals that they released, um, but they obviously don't want to pay them currently, so they're allowing them to, to take as much time and booking as they can, and then when it's time to um, launch this NXT Europe brand, they'll be giving these individuals a call. So. Um, I, I think that's the, they, they might've taken some, like I said, uh, maybe Tyler Bate will be, will be a part of it. I don't know. Um, Trent seven, maybe might be a part of it, but, um, I, I think that, I think the formula of, of NXT still being developmental while at the same time getting a little bit of brush of the main roster has been helpful not only for their brand, but for the individuals involved. Like they 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 bumped Apollo Cruz up to 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 NXT, and he no longer has the Nigerian accent, and he's he's having great matches. Ricochet, he could probably use. I mean, they put they brought Dolph down there for a little bit. So I mean, it it's been it's been helpful to the individuals that have been sent there as well as to the brand itself. So I think it's like a win win for everybody. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, in another way, I can see it if they uh, they look at it as a shit or get off the pot type of uh, point of view. Uh, for like this is a last chance opportunity to prove yourself. Yeah, you know. Okay. Or you come back up and then we bury you, and you're you're uh, <laughs> you do whatever the hell we say again. God damn it! You're gonna put the goddamn turbans on god damn it you're gonna speak nigerian you hear oh me my God. <laughs> uh from there like in your world vince never left yeah from there i i don't i don't know what to say about the tag team championships nothing and uh none of the teams really interested me so uh i don't know did you watch that i i fast forwarded through i actually i started watching it yesterday and I watched the the Carmelo Hayes match, and then it just so happened I had I had fallen asleep for the 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 other three matches, the two tag team title matches, and the women's championship match, the unification. And then I woke up to watch um, uh, Steiner's kid and Tyler Bate, which I thought was an excellent match. There we and go. Yeah. I I'm I think I I don't think you missed anything. I don't think I missed anything either. <laughs> but I heard that the I heard overall the show was good. It was just around right around two hours. It yeah, was a, it was a it was it was a solid show to watch. It wasn't any there wasn't any crap on the show. Yeah, it was it fine. Just, it was fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Breaker and Bait I thought put on a really good match. They've been they're really big on on Steiner's kid. They really are. I mean, they've they been are. putting him with everybody. They've been putting him with guys that could help develop him. Um, from Dolph Ziggler to Tommaso Ciampa to 
um, Joe Gacy to Santos Escobar, um, Jordan Devlin, now Tyler Bate. I mean, I think they, they did. Did he wrestle Walter too at one point? Yep. Or Gunther? Yep. He did? Okay. So, I mean, they've been putting him with guys, and he's just been getting better and better, and he's been holding up his own. Um, and I especially saw that in this match with Tyler Bate. Oh, and, no, uh, no. Breaker think, has not been with Gunther or Walter. I'm sorry. I thought okay. you meant Bate. He did. Bate, okay. Bate has, though. No, Bate has. Yeah, no, I know. They had a great match, uh, a takeover. Fabulous and, match. Uh, in, yeah, in Cardiff one year. But um, the um, Breaker, is, they, they clearly have big plans for him, and they want, they want to jump him up to the main roster. Um, and working with all these talented talented individuals, these in-ring mechanics that they've been pairing him with has helped his his uh, his progression up towards the main roster. So we'll see um, how far along he's got. I think he's got till next WrestleMania, and then he's and then he's going up. That's just me. Could I be gonna, even this ride. WrestleMania. You know how sometimes they like to. That's rush what I'm saying. Stuff, this upcoming but, WrestleMania. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, they're giving him the push. I mean, he he's intense. He's got that that fire, just like both of the Steiners. Um, I just mm-hmm. wish that they would change his name. Rex Steiner is his name. Just use that. Well, no, his name his name is Re- Bronson Rex Steiner, but yeah. they they originally were going to call him Rex Steiner. That's R E X and then yeah. Steiner, which I thought was kind of a, a nice takeoff. You know, from his father's name and yep. the 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 last name as well. But, yeah. um, I mean, he's he's coming along nicely. I I, I can't complain. I've uh, from what I've seen, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. But overall, it was a NXT Worlds Collide was a fine watch. A fine watch. I like to say that. So now, that's, what that's happens with? Now. Yeah, I agree. What happens with UK uh, NXT? They're done. They're done. Right now, they're done, and there's plans to launch an NXT Europe um, in 2023 at some point. I don't know when, but there are plans to launch the the, the Europe brand. So Um, does a guy who is 26, uh, Tyler Bate, uh, what does he do? I mean, if he's part of, I mean, if he's part of. He's been doing this for six years, man. Yeah, well, if he's part of the guys and the group of guys that they are bringing over here to keep, then he, he can play a pivotal role on the current NXT brand. Um, if they see something in him as part of the future for the, for the launch of NXT Europe, then they'll probably want to keep him and highlight him on the NXT show to prepare for the launch. But I don't, honestly, I don't know um, if he's, if he's in the if he's in the plans to to stick around, you know, same thing with the guys from Gallus, um, the Coffee Brothers, and uh, uh, the 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 UK girl that was in the title match, Davenport, mm. right? Yep, Blair Davenport. I don't know. I, I'm assuming because they brought her in into the into this title match, even though she wasn't a champion, and they unified the belts, that they got plans for her. Um, so we'll see. I mean. We'll see how it all how it all shapes up, but um, eventually the big plan is, and this was the plan before COVID, was to take all these different you know countries and turn them into NXT territories and and do like a World Cup type scenario. So, um, I mean, Hunter even said it in his interview with Ariel Haywani uh, over the weekend that the, the 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 goal in mind is to 
take NXT Europe and then do an NXT Mexico and NXT Japan and NXT India and, and take these different regions and use those as feeder systems for the main roster eventually. And, and while at the same time being its own brand from their own country. So um, we'll see We'll see how it goes. I, I know it's going to be a long process, but that's that's the plan. That's the goal uh, in mind. And it's, it's actually pretty cool. I, I kind of like the idea. Taking a, a, a twist of the old territory system and modernizing it, but on a global scale. I like it. I mean, they got they got high hopes. We've got high hopes. Hey, Vince, did you say high hoes? Cause I'll take one. I'll take one. Sorry. Um, that's okay. That's all right. Hush, 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 money. Um, uh, let, before we move on, I uh, real quick, I was like catching up on some other wrestling uh throughout the week because i'm still laid up in my boot uh i got a i got a torn liz frank ligament so that's an athlete's injury if anybody knows about it but yeah i did it walking on sand and paddle boarding all day i wouldn't give up i wouldn't give away too much because we're gonna do the um the we're gonna premiere the YouTube Beautiful Day um, video package of your uh, your 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 comeback. Um, <laughs> nice, uh, yeah. I mean that, that that that's in the cards. It's it's supposed to when when you get doctor's clearance Shit. and you're and you're ready to return. Spoiler alert! Um, it's you know there's cameras already rolling. <laughs> you know, I mean, you thought that basement flooding was part of was was an accident? No, that's part of the whole story. You know. <laughs> Laid up in a boot, you know, flooded basement, coming back, rehabbing, you know, got a baby and a wife. I mean, you know, the whole deal. Like, you, you're, you're climbing the mountain, the insurmountable odds, until eventually when you come back. And, I mean, it, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. It's oh, going to be man. a thing, man. It's going to be a thing. Yeah, we definitely don't want it to turn out to be like, uh, leave the memories alone. Where I, like, <laughs> off my family, like some Chris Benoit shit. Uh so, oh yeah. my god! Sorry, oh, we gotta get there. Right, no, no, hold on, hold on. Time out. Now that you brought that up, I'm kidding. I had to bring this up. Oh. Did you see the, the shirt? Yes, of course. A better, better dad, dad than, than Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit. Oh my goodness, that guy just turned himself into a meme. <laughs> that is, that was the cameraman was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, that cameraman got fired. Uh, like, I don't. I don't know if that you can blame that on him. That's that's whoever's in the truck saying cut to camera. Uh, whoever. Yeah, but at the same time, this guy could have unbuttoned his shirt at the right time and you know had it buttoned the whole time, and then the camera, I, the red lights on him. Boom. I think that's what it was. Better dad than Chris Benoit. I think Ooh. that's what it was. Yeah. Um. I guess we're about to. You go. know something? Honestly, if if we see a shirt like that on WWE TV. There's hope for your really tasteless Owen Hart jokes to make it on the air. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done one in a while, but, I mean, you know, they're always hanging there. <laughs> you are an asshole. Right. You're such an asshole. They're dangling. Oh. They're always dangling there, right, Dave? You have the blue blazer oh. dangling from your microphone, so you're no, one I don't. I have oh, you took him down now? Oh, you took him down now. No, I ha- 
No. Did I he? have you know, I will take a picture of this and send it to you like right fucking now. Because you know what? This is bullshit. And I'm gonna <laughs> So uh totally a, as you do that, is, I watched sitting perched I watched Vice's uh perched on top of the, I'm gonna send it to you right now. I watched Vice's uh the wrestlers. Uh have you ever se- seen that? Vice is what, the wrestlers? Yes. No, I have not. Um well they it's a series that came out in like twenty eighteen. Uh, hosted by Damien Abraham, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the episodes was the best new wrestling talent in America. And let me name some of the the highlighted uh, wrestlers that were on there because this is just interesting to see in 2018 where these guys were then and where they are now. Um, mm-hmm. Fred Yehi, Gabe Sapolsky, it was kind of centered around. Matt Riddle was featured. Asia Pereira, which is the African-American female referee from WWE now. Okay. Uh, Ethan Page. Keith Lee. All right. Kyle O'Reilly. Drew Galloway. Uh, A.R. Fox was uh, featured on there. Austin Theory, it was featured around. And Darby Allen. Okay. And Darby Allen. You know what? Actually, I'm sorry. I might have seen and, the one on Darby Allen. And Drew Galloway. Where, where, he, where Ethan Page powerbombed him in the body bag with the thumbtacks? Yep. Yeah, and Drew Galloway. Yeah, I, Drew I, Galloway I actually did see featured. that one. Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting to see where all those people are right now, especially with Drew Galloway and Austin Theory both being involved, involved with Evolve um, and now mm-hmm. at the top of the card in WWE. And what to... To think if Darby Allen had stuck with Evolve and kind of stayed in WWE NXT circuit. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, that. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. He would have been, he he would have been the 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 cruiserweight sting of two hundred five live. Huh. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, did you send me the picture? Let me see. I think I did. Yeah, he's sitting. Okay. Not hanging. He's sitting. Okay, he's Macho sitting. Macho Man's hanging. Macho Man is hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Like the tree when he got into the car accident. I think he was hanging from... He didn't hang from no fucking tree. You need to stop with that bullshit right now. He, he didn't hang from no fucking tree. Now he's per- you need to cut that shit perch, right now. I'm going to bite per- you perch from, if you do perch that. from the tree, uh, he, no, given, he, no, given he, the he elbow drop, fucking. you know? You you oh my god you are horrible. There's something wrong with you. Uh, there, there, there's there's well there's a few things wrong with you. I mean we could we could have a show on that. <laughs> my goodness, I can't believe I can't believe you. I, I I can't I shouldn't have even mentioned it. Shouldn't have even mentioned it. Should have just totally left the whole Chris Benoit thing out and look what it spiraled into. Wow, look what it spiraled into. Uh, Speaking of spiraling, okay here oh, like that segue. Uh, all out, AEW. I didn't watch the whole show. I, I, I went to a buddy's house to watch it, and I, I got there right around the time um, Athena was wrestling uh, Jade Cargo, which was nothing special. But um, give me your thoughts on the show overall, and then we will get into what everybody has been talking about, the CM Punk post, uh, post-all-out media scrum. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really liked the casino Ladder match. I mean, just at at the beginning, I was uh, kind of just it's it's regular AEW, so you have it going on in the background. You can kind of peek and go through these matches. Um, 
I mean, Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii is like a typical match. It's nothing to see anymore with these type of matches, though. So uh, mm-hmm. e- even the Kip Sabian Impact stuff, um, mm-hmm. that that I don't know. I mean, e- exciting stuff, I guess, but see so much of it on the AEW level where it's like it's saturated. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but the the ending to the Casino Ladder match uh, is what everybody was talking about at first. <laughs> mm-hmm. um which was awesome i i love that the little bit of the uh the uh rolling stones playing uh please forgive sympathy me sympathy for the devil yeah yeah sympathy for the devil thank you and uh you know william morrissey lee moriarty ethan page austin gunn colton gunn uh while stokely hathaway takes off the uh the the briefcase or the the golden chip if you will um I was trying to guess who it was with Stokely Hathaway, but then I saw the person coming down and I immediately was like, Oh, it's MJF. Uh, were, were you, were you peaked at all by that or no? I, so, all right. So here's my take on that. Cause we all know eventually yes, we'll talk does, about yes. MJF's involvement at the end. Okay. Um, since we're, you know, kind of growing in chronological order here, let's, let's, um, I'll say this. MJF, I've been saying it since it happened. There have been, you know, it's been a mixed reaction regarding his exit from AEW earlier in the summer when he, you know, cut the the, the pipe bomb promo, so to speak, in Los Angeles. I've been saying it ever since. That whole thing was a work shoot. Him and Tony Khan had an issue over, over, the, over the contract and money, and they hashed it out. He made it to the pay-per-view, and they turned it into an angle. There's no way that Tony Khan would have allowed MJF to grab a live mic on TV with all the Warner Media executives in, in attendance and say the things that he said without cutting his mic off early on into that scathing promo, that tirade that he went on. There's no way. you know. I feel like that was an elaborate work. You know, that's something that started out as a real-life situation, and they capitalized on it because they saw how popular the subject was, and it was trending um, in the in the wrestling perf- peripheral wrestling media. Um, so, because it was very real, okay, I felt that MJF being revealed as the Joker was too pro wrestling for me. Like I expect, I I had the the expectation that MJF was going to return um, in a very rogue fashion. Like he was going to come through the crowd, and maybe maybe he'll interfere in the match, and and then like the security and the cops show up, and it kind of leaves everybody wondering. Like they, they the cameras cut, and the the announcers don't say anything, and they like really sell it as real. Like he's not supposed to be there, you know. That's the kind of expectation I had given the way that he left so when it was I didn't see the match but I went to my buddy's house and he told me he was like it's MJF and I was kind of disappointed I was like this is how they're gonna bring him back like this is eh, I don't know um I, I just felt it was too pro wrestling it didn't have enough real life element to it and then the voicemail at the end saved me from it because you know, MJF playing the voicemail that he got from Tony Khan, Tony Khan wanting him back, Tony Khan promising him X amount of money, promising him a spot in the casino ladder match. Sounds like a work to me. 
yeah. I mean, at that point, it should have been made clear that uh, to to most people watching that it was a work. Because first of all, I don't think Tony Khan's the kind of businessman where he would, you know, leave a voicemail detailing how much money he's going to pay somebody. Right. That's where you got lawyers and other professionals involved, and that's a face to face conversation or something done over Zoom, not something you leave on someone's voicemail. Uh, on and their, on MJF uses his money to do what? Build factions. Yes. So it. So then I got. So then I got. I, I warmed up to the idea that like, okay, he used the Joker. He used. He 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 came back. He was afforded the opportunity. He built this group, and it's to benefit him, obviously. And you know the reveal, him being back, motioning that he wants the title at Punk. I thought it was a great way to end all out. I liked it. Okay, at, at first I didn't like that he was the Joker, but then once we got the explanation with the voicemail, and then the the the, the old Punk promo from Ring of Honor about the devil disguising himself, that was pretty cool. I liked it. Um, the match is the match itself. Uh, we're kind of going all over the place here, but the match with Punk and Moxley, I thought was really good. That was my favorite match of the night. Crowd was super hot. They were really behind Punk. They were kind of into Moxley, and I thought overall it was a really good match. Um, I did too. I really think the uh, uh, the trios championship finals. That was a great match. Did you see that? I didn't see that match. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't. I and yeah, as much I as I don't match. like, you know, always agree with some of the wrestling psychology with the young bucks uh, to some mm-hmm. degree, but uh, storytelling in the match was awesome. Uh, the end mm-hmm. um, had John Silver holding uh, Kenny Omega in a suplex position. Hangman came off with the buckshot lariat. Kenny ducked and Hangman smashed John Silver. Then he got held down immediately by Nick Jackson. Sees his friend get covered by Kenny. One, two, three. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is an ongoing story with these guys. I mean, yeah. I think that was a great match too. But the main event mm-hmm. stole the show. That was the yeah. That was awesome. Um, yeah. The you know the tag team match the the Ricky Starks the powerhouse those are ongoing stories fine matches for what they were. What'd you think of Danielson and um uh and Jericho? So I was actually talking about this with my wife because she was asking me how the show was, and I was at my buddy's house and I hadn't seen him since actually the last time we the last time I saw my buddy whose house I went to the other night to watch the show we went to go see AEW in New Jersey. We saw the, um, it was the first show of 2022, and it was um, Hangman and Brian Danielson for the world title, um, which it, to me is the, the, the best match in AEW this year so far, in my opinion. And so um, we were just catching up, and what we did notice about that match was because there were so many matches on this card, there were, you know, there were 15 matches starting at seven o'clock with the with their their pre-show and the Jericho Danielson match it was a good match but the crowd was so freaking deflated that I felt like the finish fell flat you know the it, 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 it stayed consistent with the story Jericho cheating to win um, trying to prove a point to his protege Daniel Garcia who looks up to 
Brian Danielson. And I, I, I like I said, the match was good, but the crowd I just think was exhausted from all the other matches. Yeah. And therefore they were just kind of like it was deflate like they couldn't they didn't have enough to give back to the performers. So much happened so, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the things I did enjoy from All Out, I liked I, I liked the tag match with the acclaimed and swerve um and, and, and swerve in our glory. I thought the acclaimed should have won, to be honest with you. Um, they've kind of grown on me a little bit because they've been, you know, a, a, a hot tag team for a while. And I thought it should have just been their time. I don't think Swerve and Keith Lee need to be a team. And I think there's so many. I said this to to a couple people. There's so many guys on their roster now that they don't know what to do with guys. So they just threw Keith Lee and Swerve in, in as a team. And it they're not a bad team, but... I think they're both better off as singles guys. Yeah, even even that's just, even that's, a th- that's just me. Even a thrown together match like the uh, Wardlow FTR against Jay Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns, like that's yep. a great match. But card is so stacked. The roster is so stacked. It's hard to get invested in every single match because your energy yes. drains at the end. Where you're 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 yes. you're kind of bloated on uh, psychology and uh, <laughs> I don't know, trying to get invested in everything that's happening and going on throughout this whole show. Yeah, even though these I'm guys, gonna go on my soapbox. Even though these guys like get get pull off great matches, you know. Yep, I'm gonna go on my soapbox a little bit here. Um, I'm a part of a group on Facebook called Save American Wrestling. And it, this was formed like right around I think like 2011 when like WWE Creative wasn't exactly at its at its zenith at its peak if you will and the TNA was kind of floundering too and um, so this group of individuals they call themselves the Saw Assholes okay <laughs> and yeah the Save American Wrestling Assholes so and for a while there used to be a group of guys that were just assholes like you would have a discussion with them about wrestling and if they didn't like your opinion they they let you know about it well now pretty much the group has gone soft and there's a couple of guys and there's one in particular i'm just gonna name them because this asshole's been on my mind for quite some time which is not a good thing but his name is ontario <laughs> hey, Hewitt, hey, okay hey yeah hey, there's an asshole his that's name- been on my mind too yeah <laughs> ontario hewitt is one of the admins of this group and he's a huge AEW mark to the point where it's fucking nauseating. He thinks that they do no wrong. There is nothing that they do that they do wrong. Everything is top notch. It's gold. The the creative, the matches, they hit on all cylinders. Everything is great. He doesn't see any negative aspects of their programming, but he will pick apart anything else anyone talks about that's not related to AEW. If it's WWE, he'll destroy it. But then claims he doesn't watch it. But if you if you dare show any criticism towards his precious AEW, he gets offended. Then he'll throw little jabs at you, and then when you you give it back to him and you call him out for his hypocrisy and his bullshit, then he'll block you. So earlier this week, he was talking about the 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 um, the all out show because he attended. He flew from Texas to Chicago and, and he attended the show with another member of that group, the named Gerard Clark. Which Gerard, I don't have an issue with him. He seems like a decent guy. Uh, we may disagree on some stuff, but he's not obnoxious like Ontario. 
So anyways, long story short, um, he was talking about the post-match media scrum that took place with Punk, which we'll get into in a minute. And talking about how fans are all hurt up in their feelings. Um, now, pref- let me preface that statement by saying that um, he's a, I, I've been a, 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 a naysayer of Dave Meltzer for quite some time. Just because I think he just promotes bullshit. And so, because Meltzer's an AEW Mark fanboy, to him, Meltzer's got credibility. But when the, the but when the story came out regarding Punk and Hangman, okay, and their issues and why Punk cut that promo, this is what our friend Ontario said in the group. Oh, that can't be true. There's no way. Whoever leaked this out shouldn't have shouldn't have let this come out. Oh, really? Well, it's Mr. Dave Meltzer who leaked it out. So all of a sudden now it can't be true, but that motherfucker's got a whole bunch of credibility, according to you, Mr. Ontario. Well, I know Ontario doesn't listen to this podcast. Some of the guys in the group do, so I'm sure the message is going to get back to them at some point, okay? Ontario, I told you this on Facebook, and I'll tell you right now. I think you're a fucking hypocrite. I think you're a big crybaby. I think you can't stand criticism, and you can't stand when someone has a different opinion than you. I do like some aspects of AEW, but I also see the negative aspects of it, things that they could work on, just like I do with WWE. I see things that I like, and I see things I don't like, just like I do with all forms of wrestling. And anytime I try to have a conversation with you about it, you take things personal, and then you block me or delete a comment I make because it doesn't reflect the same opinion as you. Well, guess what, Ontario? You're nothing but a snowflake, entitled, hypocritical, crybaby fucking asshole. Okay? I got no problem telling this to you on a podcast, on Facebook, through Zoom, through Facebook Live, Instant Messenger. I don't give a shit. Keep fucking being an AEW Mark fanboy. I really don't fucking care. I'm glad you like something, okay? But just because you like something doesn't mean everybody else has to like something that you like. Because your opinion isn't all that high and mighty. You're a fucking nobody at the end of the day. We're all a bunch of fucking nobodies that just listen to podcasts about wrestling, talk about wrestling, and watch wrestling at the end of the fucking day. I'm off my soapbox now, Kobe. Let's continue. I had to get that out there. Do that. Yeah, you know, normally, like, people online don't fucking, like, they don't bother me like that. You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll banter back and forth and whatever. Like, I can respect people's opinions, but this fucking asshole thinks he's fucking better than people. Oh, and then to top it off, he didn't like the fact that I had a different opinion than him, and I called him out on it. And guess what he did? He unfriended me on Facebook. <laughs> he blocks my comments post in the posts, but he'll unfriend me on Facebook. Big fucking crybaby. <laughs> Nobody likes my AEW. <laughs> yeah, the, Fuck you, Ontario. There's a lot of subgroups in any type of sports or entertainment where it's just... Uh, that's why I stay out of it. Luckily, I stay off of it, but uh, fortunately, that doesn't do us any Like well. I said, normally it doesn't piss me off, but the last few times I've had an interaction with him, there's some points that he makes that I can understand. But there's other points I can disagree with. And I should be allowed to disagree with it. But then the, the individual doesn't like that I don't share the same reflection that he does. You know? Or if I show a criticism. He's got no problem telling people his opinion on what he likes and what he doesn't like. But when someone else does the same thing, then then 
I need to chill out. I need to be for real, bro. It's not that serious. Or he'll throw little snide comments at you. Like, give me a fucking break, you fucking loser. Seriously. Be a fucking... Continue being a fucking loser at the end of the day. Because that's what you are. Big fucking crybaby loser. While we're on this... You know, and, and, and let's... Let's talk about fucking lashing out because everyone wants to talk about it. And I think it was, it, I, I decided to change up our recording this week. So, you know, we could talk about it, but let's talk about the post-match media, media scrum. Okay. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Time out. Cause I'm really go. I'm off the rails here right now. Okay. I'm really off the rails. Let's, con- let, let, let's just talk about other things we liked about all out or disliked. Like for instance, I liked the Christian cage jungle boy thing. Okay. Yeah. They're really building they up. Didn't like, already do the I didn't like the fact that they turned Luchasaurus again. again yeah. Okay. Like there's no like you turned him once. Okay. Cool. Then you turned him back, and I was That's like, "That's like yeah, some whatever, shit that you okay. do in a video game where you're like, all right, we're gonna make these guys work out, and then you see the crowd crowd reaction. You're like, fuck. All right. Yeah. I guess I'll change but, him back to whatever. You know. Yeah. Like it just it wasn't like. All the turn, it was like a big show turn, back and forth, back and forth, left and right. Like, but I understand I, it. Although it, I, I understood it from the beginning, I understand it now. So I'm just gonna like in my mind be like, okay, now, now it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I liked where he just choke slammed him. Did you see the marks on his back? Yes, I <sighs> did. That was rough stuff right there. Jesus, that, that that was definitely that was definitely rough stuff right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea that, like, all right, so Christian, I guess, was legitimately hurt, so that's why they ran the angle that they did. Um, I like the idea that he'll be, like, a, a, a manager or a mouthpiece to Luchasaurus because I think Luchasaurus needs a little bit more of an edge to him. And Jungle Boy, he's fine on his own. He's a sympathetic baby face people love. They know his story about his dad being a TV star and then eventually dying before he, he makes it to AEW. So he's got that behind him. Um and I like the fact that Christian has now manipulated Luchasaurus on more than one occasion to turn on his friend, and thus you're building the heat to when eventually Jungle Boy does get his hands on Christian. And I, 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 I unfortunately, Christian's injury, you know, took place, and they had to go this direction. But this direction still kind of makes sense with the story in that. Jungle Boy still hadn't been able to get his hands on Christian. Christian's just been outsmarting him left and right. And it's just only going to mean that much more when Jungle Boy and Christian finally have a match. Yeah. It, it'll lead to something. Uh, whatever, what's their next big uh, event? Full gear? Or Full something? gear yeah. in November? Yeah. All right. That's fine. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the trios match between uh, House of Black, Sting, Miro, and Darby Allen. That was fun. Uh, for what it yeah, it wasn't for bad. what it was, um, yeah, you know the the Darby Allen roll up is a surprise thing for Malachi. I wonder if Malachi is really fighting that uh, trying to leave type deal. Uh, I mean, he's getting. I've heard I've heard mixed stories. I've heard he requested his release and was denied, but then I heard that he was kind of working through something. There was some sort of personal issue that was going down, um, and then I guess he had. Taking a bow at the top of the ramp when they, you know, during like the the video package of the next match, and the crowd, uh, you know, applauded him. He kissed the crowd goodbye. He kind of had like a curtain call moment with the rest of the group. So oh. I don't know if he's leaving 
for an extended period of time or if he's done completely. Um, a lot of people are unpleased with AEW now that Hunter is back in charge. Uh, if you want to go back in the archives, I talked about that on uh, the State of Wrestling. Yes. Romania. So. Yes, I can. I mean, he's one of those guys I could see Hunter making a phone call and saying, you know, when you're when your deal's up, come give me a call. I'd like to work with you again. Him, Andrade, Miro, um, <clears throat> names like that. Guy, guys who were who were big, um, who were utilized properly under Hunter's tutelage. Under you know when Hunter was in charge, when he had some stroke um, during the McMahon regime. So I can definitely see uh, Al- Malachi Black being one of them, but. Uh, at the same time, Tony Khan said he's locked into a long-term deal. So either he's let him out of that deal or he's just letting him take a break for a little while and then maybe he'll come back. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, that was fun. Um, like I said, I didn't watch all of the show, so I didn't see the trios tag titles match. Uh, didn't see the casino ladder match. Um, the FTR Wardlow against Jay Lethal Machine Guns was fun, but um, it, there was just so much on the card to absorb that it – it just it, at times the show kind of dragged a bit. Yep. And then there was the main event, and the main event I was anticipating only because imagine being of there. the way that they had. Well, they all seemed to love it there. I mean, all those, all those, you know, the, 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 those AEW fans, they seem to embrace it and enjoy it. I mean, they're like they're like my not so friend Ontario, um, a part of the Save American Wrestling group that. Uh, you know, seems to think everything they do is great. So I mean, if they if five hours there was 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 your kind of entertainment, your 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 you know a fun way to spend the Sunday night and then, a lot you know, of money. Kudos to you. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of money. Yeah, um, you know, kudos to you. Congrats. I I I you know I hold. I mean, granted, this is also the same company that used to drag WWE for those seven hour WrestleManias. And now they were getting pretty close with 15 matches I mean, on the card. This is supposed to be their WrestleMania, quote unquote. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of wrestling but to digest, man. It was a lot. There, like, there were some good points that I liked. I liked the tag title match. I, I liked Jericho and Bryan, even though the the, the 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 crowd wasn't into it. I liked the main event. I liked the the you know MJF at the end. I thought it was done well. Um, there's some things I didn't like, and I'm sure I'll upset uh, Ontario and hurt his feelings because I didn't like what he was watching on AEW. <laughs> I... <laughs> I thought the match was fine. Um, there, Which one? The Mox and Sam Punk. Um, a, lot of, a lot of blood from Sam Punk. He bladed good um, on that ring post. Moment yep. there, um, yeah. But yeah, I think the uh, with with the finish with CM Punk using knee and then uh, going for the GTS twice almost, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, it it was nice. Like I, I think I think that was a good way to end the show too. They could have kept it built this character longer. You think with MJF? Yes, they could have. They could have. I, I I do think I was actually kind. Of, I was at the. I was at the point during because I was talking to my buddy about this when we were watching it. Based on the way that they had built this match, because I thought the build was lackluster. Putting a title match on two weeks before the pay per view, not announcing the main event until the go home dynamite, like of the heavyweight championship. I thought like it was kind of. 
I wouldn't say lazy booking, but I felt like it was either it was either lazy booking or there was something more to it that we would find out at the pay per view. Right. And that's where I thought that the, that the MJF inclusion was going to be a part of it, where it was going to make some kind of sense. Um, the um, I I honestly thought that this was going to be the part of Punk turning heel, like maybe he was going to cheat to win. And I only say that based on the the promo that he cut with a Steel um, on the Go Home Dynamite when Steel convinced him to take the title match <laughs> and sign the open contract. And I thought that. Because Punk said in his promo, maybe my 100% is not good enough anymore. That this was going to lead to some kind of turn of sorts. Like, I even thought maybe Punk was going to be the leader of the Blackpool Combat Club. And they were going to dump Moxley. Possibly. I mean, it was going to be Punk, Brian, Claudio, and Yuta with Regal as the manager, as the coach, if you will. I can see that. Um, I mean... I kind of thought that that might have... That could have gone down. Yeah, I mean, in to a degree... CM Punk did turn heel that night. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. let, let, let's finally get into it. We've 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 gone up and down the rails here. Um, I went on my soapbox for a little bit regarding my not so friend Ontario. Hey, do you uh, think? Do you think? And, speaking uh, of that, uh, real quick before we gotta tease it one more time, guys. Dr- we're gonna ha- yes. we're gonna have that uh, steel cage. Don't don't. Dum, dum, dum. The, this whole episode building for the the scrum coverage. Um, no. Uh, yes. Do you think AEW fans are kind of comparative to WCW fans back in the uh, the late uh, Attitude Era, where where they talk shit about WWF or WWE just because so into and invested into uh, WCW or AEW, even though it's like so much content, you know that. They're not even digesting it all. They're just like, oh, I love, you know, so-and-so, and and that's it. You know, like, no matter what, they can do no wrong. Does that feel familiar? No, it doesn't, because I don't, at least from my perspective, I don't don't recall WCW fans being like that. I recall them, like, being, and and I could be wrong. Maybe I was just hanging around the wrong group of guys, but um, I, I, I recall them just enjoying what they were watching and yeah, granted, you'd see a sign every now and then that like Raw fears ratings or Vince fears Bischoff, um, uh, you know, in, in, on signs on Nitro. But I feel maybe just because I watched both shows and I, I channel flipped. And so I didn't experience like WCW fans, you know, lashing out at WWF fans because their show was better. Interesting. I you did, saw a lot I of that did, from Bischoff. I did have a couple friends that were just into WCW only, and they were like, "That WWF mm-hmm. is like fake. WCW is real." And I was like, "Oh, well, they're kind of both, you know." Is that that? Yeah, they're age? both the same. Yeah. I had for, I, most of my friends. We watched them both. We watched both shows. Yeah, I like, did. Oh, did you I see did what too. the NWO did on Nitro? Yeah, I saw what so and so did. A Stone Cold came out of the ambulance on Raw and attacked Bret Hart. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I got like usually. Usually it was like you know, most of my friends and I were just channel surfing. Yeah, and flipping back and forth between both shows. I enjoy all of the um, wrestling if the, if, this weekend, and I did too. For the most part, I did too. I. I it's it's weekends like this that I live for as a fan because there's you know there, there's all this wrestling there's different kinds of wrestling um, even though I may like some more than others um, and, and let me let me 
state for the record before we finally get into the the, the, dum, the, dum, the punk ch- scrum ch- coverage. Dum, yeah. dum. <laughs> that I want to see AEW succeed. There's things about that show I do like. There's guys that I do go out of my way to watch, okay? I just think that they've almost kind of like gotten too big too quickly. And they've gotten too big for their britches. And there's way too much to consume. There's way too many talented guys on that show. Like, I'm like, I almost feel like I'm waiting for like Tony Khan to announce a Ring of Honor deal so that maybe he could split the rosters so <laughs> that both shows have a good balance of guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's so much, there's so many guys on their roster that you could make a Ring of Honor show with 30 or 40 guys on that is currently employed to AEW. You, you really could. Um, so I want to see them succeed. I want to see them grow. I, there's parts of their shows I do like and I do watch. You know, I I don't like everything, but I don't dislike everything about that show either. And so let me get that out there, especially for you, Ontario, in case, you know, you're drowning in your tears because someone didn't like certain part of AEW that you like so much. Jesus I just God. want you to know, my not-so-friend, that... I do too like parts of AEW and I do want to see them successful and I do find negative things about WWE as well as AEW because I'm an open-minded person. I'm not a hypocritical fucking asshole like you, okay? So, wah, wah, fucking wah. Let's move on. Media Media scrum. scrum. Punk. The media scrum. Oh my goodness. Somewhat like Mussolini. If if you if you would say so, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just took I over mean... the mic and then uh, was talking about Cole Cabana and essentially saying he shared a bank, which he wasn't asked about, by the way. Bank account he with was his not mother, asked about that. eating pastries from a local bakery to put them over to be a Chicago mark. Um, he shit on some guy wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins hat that was a reporter in the, fuck in the, in Crosby. The, at the scrum. Yeah, saying fuck. Like, are you serious? Fuck, fuck athletes. Anyhow, everybody's got their opinion. Uh, but yeah, his uh, his coming out about uh, Scott Colton. One Scott Colton. Wow. Uh, why was that well, necessary? Is that a work? No? Yes? The, no, I th- honestly... So I think the, 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 the Colt Cabana thing, first of all, if you go back and watch the scrum, everyone's like, oh, well, he was asked about it. No, he wasn't. He spotted someone in, the, in that audience of, of reporters that, was a, that he former knew improv had a relationship. That did, yeah, improv with Scott Colton. Yes, that had, a, that had a, a working relationship with Scott Colton, a.k.a. Colt Cabana. So he felt the need to bring up that situation. And he probably jumped the gun thinking that someone was going to drop, was going to ask him a question about Colt Cabana. So he figured he'd just get it off his chest right then and there. So that, to me, I think was a shoot, okay, that all that stuff. Was it necessary? No, it wasn't. So that's my take on that. What about calling um, uh, Adam Page an empty-headed fuck? So all right, so let, let me let me let me go on record of saying this, and I've said this in the group to the guys over at Saw as well, um, and other saw your asshole. Uh, we saw your asshole, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love TNM back back in the day when you see Velvet Velvet Dream. Oh man, you saw her asshole. <laughs> they let the pigeons loose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, here's my take on this. Okay, if this is a shoot. Okay, if this is something that is real, 
all right because i am very question i'm questioning the 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 questionable the severity of it's I, this whole thing's questionable but i'll get into that in a minute when it comes to the 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 the, the issue with hangman page okay that hangman apparently went into business for himself in a promo leading up to their title match at double or nothing if that is true that Paige went into business for himself in this promo, which I don't even know what he said in the promo that 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 got Punk all stirred up. Why doesn't Punk be a fucking man and pull the guy aside in the back and be like, hey, dude, what was that all about? That wasn't part of what we were supposed to discuss. That wasn't discussed ahead of time. What's this all about? What Can you explain to me? Be a fucking man and be an adult and be the leader and the veteran that you claim to be in that locker room and show a, and, and, and show a better example of how to handle a situation like that. Instead, you go on live TV and fucking blast the guy and challenge him to a match knowing that it's not a part of the script and he's not going to come out, right? Give me a fucking break. Such a big crybaby, entitled crybaby, okay, is what he is. That's what he is, a big fucking crybaby, Okay. And then to, to 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 call Hangman all these names, right? He's also the same person too. That okay? I think I have the tweet here somewhere. Let me find it because this is fucking hilarious. Okay, he's he said he said something to the effect of I got to go look it up now. So he said something to the effect of when it came to like when Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out. He was like, stand by your co-workers because they're not going to do it for you or something like that, right? Yet you trash your fucking co-workers because over, over something that, you know, was said or wasn't said in some fucking promo. Like, give me a fucking break. That's dude. why I'm like, wondering, is that like, a I've, work or what are we doing? Well, here's the thing. We blurred so, so, the lines so, again. So, all right. So, so listen to this, right? He he makes that remark about about Sasha and Naomi that you know stand by your coworkers because they're not going to stand by you or you know or or, or the company's going to leave you hanging to dry or whatever. Pretty much another shot, direct shot at WWE and Vince McMahon because he's still not gotten over the fact that he wasn't treated like he was supposed to be treated there. Okay, yet two weeks later, MJF walks out on the company and you don't hear a fucking peep from Phil Brooks. Okay, I he said not it a was fucking unprofessional. Peep. Thought the uh, the the remark was it was unprofessional. Which what the MJF left? Yes. I don't recall that. So here's oh here we go. Here's the tweet from May twenty second. Doesn't matter if your opinion of your coworker is positive or negative. Stand with them because they'll do the same thing to you, and you'll wish someone helped. Trust me, you're expendable. Together, you're unstoppable. Okay, that's not fucking aging well at all. Given the given the remarks. Okay, and. Like I said, not a fucking word came out of Punk's mouth when MJF walked out a week or so later. Okay? Not a fuck. At least I didn't see it. Maybe you could show me a tweet. I've never seen it, but there there was I, I don't a report that he confronted him after. Oh, he did? Yeah. A report? Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I you mean know, that that's I mean, third that, shit. It's the peripheral wrestling media. Yeah, we don't know what's what's true and what's not. So, Punk's just contradictory. He talks out of both sides of his mouth, okay? He's a hypocrite. He's actually like my not-so-friend Ontario, okay? Um, Go. But, yeah, no, I'm not going to get into it, okay? <laughs> I've already said what I need to say. 
Okay? He's still drowning in his tears. Um, but nonetheless, I think... I think this whole thing is a work. I think this thing started out as some disagreement backstage. And because of the the popularity and the buzz that the MJF situation was getting, Khan was like, well, let's, you know, let's run another sh- a work shoot angle and get the, and, and work everybody. I think that they're fucking working people. Those are, Simple those as are that. some I harsh remarks are... around Colt Cabana. So do you think they eventually have patched it up or do you think that's real? I don't think they have patched it up. I think that they, that, that I, I think it's real. But the I other stuff real. is a work. Yeah. I think the other stuff is a work. Yeah. A way to I blur do. the lines. I do. Will. Do you think they really got into a bad Let's put it this stage? way. Tony Khan, Tony, Khan didn't, Tony Khan didn't cut MJF's mic off that night in Los Angeles no. when MJF said what he said. And then he drops the F-bomb and then that was the end of the promo and he walks out. Right? Tony Khan sat there and let Punk go off on that media scrum about Paige being a dumbheaded fuck, the Bucks lying to the dirt sheets about stuff about him, um, all this other stuff, right? He didn't say a fucking word. He sat there and let him do it. He didn't be like, hey, stop. He had hey, you know, let's, the let's most, change the subject. The, Nothing. The, the most screen-grabbable facial, facial expressions. Just like, eat. Yes. Ooh, eek, yeah. eek. Let me deep throat in a fucking Poland spring water bottle yeah. as Punk's talking and going off on a on a tangent. Can I have one so, one so of your fizzies? Yeah. <laughs> I really think, I, personally, hundred percent. This this has turned into a war. Okay. Do you think there was really a backstage brawl then? I think that there was an orchestrated backstage brawl. Interesting. I think this was orchestrated. I think this is something that, that, like I said, it started out as some sort of mis- misunderstanding, miscommunication, and it's turned into a work. I can see all them fucking them elite guys and Punk and Khan. They're all in their little group chat and their text message. Be like, yeah, and what if Ace goes over and bites, you know, bites Nick Jackson or whatever, you know, right in the chest. And what if it, he throws a chair at Matt and knocks him out cold? Like, yeah, man, I'll take that bump for you, dude. Hell yeah, let's sell the shit out of it, man. Yeah, and then we'll have fucking Pro Wrestling Tees make a t-shirt that has a t-shirt hit me in the fucking head. And we'll sell that for fucking $89. You won't get it for six years. Like, give me a fucking break. An orchestrated work. Or shoot, work, shoot angle. That's how I see it. We'll see Wednesday. I mean, no other news has really leaked out. I, I guess Cornette is the biggest source outside of those type of things that you can kind of trust. Or Meltzer, but even Meltzer was there saying the the fight happened. But, I mean, come on, he can be... He's, Meltzer said it's not a work. He can be... A lot of guys are he saying can be it's not easily a work. Now saying that... He could. Oh, yeah, 100%. He, he, help, he probably told them to work him. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey you know, guys, uh, uh, could you, uh, yeah. well, it's not necessarily, but you could possibly, I don't yeah. know, um, we might. Yeah. The king of run on sentences right. himself. Possibly, but there uh, could, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, again, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dum, dum, it's wild. Yeah. Impending doom is what it feels like. Uh, a lot of things going on. I think we're 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 ratings grab the this is peak uh, wrestling time, right? For people to stay yep. home and watch wrestling. Yeah, summer's summer's winding down, and uh, you know I, I honestly think this is leading to something. 
you know, maybe a punk heel turn, and then this sets up something. But here's the here's the unfortunate part about this whole thing. Okay, you know, he goes off, he he he, he blasts Colt Cabana, you know. He blasts Vince. He says Vince McMahon got rich off of him. So, so and that's the other thing too. That's hilarious. Vince McMahon got rich off of me. Okay, so I get. So I guess I guess Vince's earnings and, and his wealth, you know, with Hogan and Austin and Cena and all them other that doesn't fucking count. But once fucking backyard wrestler with a fucking set of kick pads on shows up to 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 Titan Towers, all of a sudden Vince is swimming in fucking money because Mister Ring of Honor himself came came knocking on the door. Give me a fucking break. That's that's that that's just him work. He's I'm telling you, he's 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 this is his way of elaborate way of uh, of turning heel. And the reaction that MJ here's the unfortunate part. MJF, his return, the way it was set up and everything, well done. Even though I didn't like it in the beginning, it was explained later. They they pulled it off, got a huge reaction. They were chanting MJF well, Chris, in Chicago. Chris Jericho even Punk's said hometown. in the media scrum. Chris Jericho said in the media scrum. MJF said, "I don't want to turn. They're gonna they're gonna cheer you face. I don't want to turn face. I don't want to turn face. I got to turn heel. So yeah. this will work. It didn't work. He's still over with people. Work, no. And that's why I think yeah. I agree with you. With the uh, CM Punk is trying to turn heel here because he should have turned heel yeah. by now. This would have been his yep. heel turn in Chicago. Big reaction, uh, but they did not do it because of this whole uh, dispute between possibly the backstage uh, politics. Of, I think his injury also played a part in that yes, as well. Yes, and who's going to who's going to be injured, facing heel at it was the time? Lead to, yeah, I think it was going to lead to him turning. I think it would, you were going to start to see in the, in the yes the, the months to follow. He was going to. He, he was going to slowly turn heel, and whatever Hangman said in that promo that pissed him off was going to come to light. And here's another. And that's thing why too a lot of people can Punk see thing. that people predicted CM Punk turning heel here. Yeah, and here's the other thing too. I just saw this morning. I saw a video compilation someone made on some page on on Facebook of guys that Punk has worked with in AEW that had cut promos on him and indicating that. Nobody wants him in AEW. MJF said it. Eddie Kingston said it. Fucking Hangman said it. the The, the underlying factor is is that nobody all of punks. Nobody wants him there. That's so. To me, I feel like this is a total work. Yeah. That 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 the you know the punk the big star that had been gone for seven years. He comes into AEW and he piggybacks off of the hard work of all the other guys there. This, to me, I think this whole thing is a fucking work. They're working everybody, you know. Yeah, they're trying to work everybody. You know, they, they, I, I just read something this morning. Now that that you know, Meltzer's saying this is definitely not a work. This is real. There's legal representation involved. A Steel could potentially be fired for throwing a chair and biting one of the young bucks. So I mean, I, I feel like they are really playing this. They're really trying to work everybody. They really are. I, 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 I'm I'm a firm believer of it. And if I'm wrong and this is legit a shoot and let's say somebody leaves, let's you know, because they all threatened to walk out. That was the story, was that Omega and the Bucks all told Tony Khan, We're not working here if this is gonna continue. Like I can't believe you allowed that to happen. I want that. That's though. the alleged story that's out there. Okay? And then they had the altercation in the locker room where they where they fought and punk threw a punch at one of them. And that's when A Steel jumped in and bit somebody and fucking threw a chair. 
it's a work. Okay. And you know what? And it, and and honest and honestly, let me put it to you this way: someone was quoted as saying it was an anonymous source through through Fightful, but a, a former WWE wrestler or a current WWE wrestler was quoted by Fightful as saying, um, "Like, if they don't capitalize on this now, then I don't ever want to hear them compare." Eat, compare themselves to each other about who drew money and who didn't. Hey, let's have a because let's have a backstage meeting where we tell everybody to keep everything that we say at a peep now, and then we we yep. pull this angle off. Wasn't yeah? Wasn't that that was another topic that was at the rumored meeting, right? Yes. You remember you remember hearing that a couple weeks ago? Yep. Just, they had a talent meeting, and and it was about morale. And it was about you know things leaking to the internet and the injuries and everything that's taking place. And one of them was about leaking stuff to the media. So this could be a, the timing a pivot. of it is just too coincidental. Hey, just I, I, I yeah. we'll we'll see as it unfolds, and I guess we'll do another catching up like uh, episode of it. You know. We'll yeah, I mean, who knows if, if 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 this builds and continues and it's a hot button topic, I'll you know I'll I'll make it a part you know I'll, I'll make it a part of the regular rotation. We'll 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 still keep doing the nostalgic thing here on kicking out of two, but I thought it was appropriate that we discussed the the, the comings and goings in wrestling this past Labor Day weekend with Clash at the Castle and All Out and this post match media scrum and. Um, hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks, Kobe, for stepping in and 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 being a part of this. Had a lot of Thank fun. Thanks so much. Um, got 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 some stuff down the pike here and kicking out it too. We're still going to be covering some 1997. Um, I'm going to let Dennis choose uh, some some important historical moments in the Monday Night War era uh, that we could watch. Um, either uh, the, um, the 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 Goldberg debut on Nitro. Um, or Hell in the Cell with Shawn Michaels and, and Undertaker. There's a lot of stuff down the pike that we're going to talk about with 1997. And then I'm just going to kind of restructure the format a little bit more um, going into 2023. But we got some fun stuff planned ahead of you here on Kicking Out at 2, hopefully. Um, this was a little pivot. I thought, you know what, let's discuss the hot topic. Let's get into it. I wanted to share my opinion about that. Um, I did go on off on a little bit of a rant about an individual who uh, will remain nameless. Uh, you'll have to go back and rewind if you're just catching on. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Kobe, again. Thank you all for pressing play, hitting download. And I don't know when I'll see you, but I think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count and see you all next time.